Welcome back to the podcast. This is Big VJ checking in. Today's conversation, beloved, we're going to talk about what happened down in Montgomery. We're going to talk about that fight that took place. So, you know, beloved, I got coffee, so we're going to take our time. We're going to talk about what we've seen. And also, beloved, I'm going to do my best to give you both sides of the coin, right? Because what I see now is a lot of our people is talking about the heads side of the coin, right? But many of us with knowledge itself know that, no, no, beloved, there's two sides of the coin. There's heads and then there's a tails side of the coin. So we're going to have a good conversation about them both, right? This fight, this brawl that took place in Montgomery, it's on every major media outlet. The Montgomery Advertiser, it's on NBC News, it's on CNN. It's on NPR, The Guardian, um, Fox News got it, Daily Mail got it. It is everywhere, right? How I stumbled over the fight was my brother-in-law sent it to me. He sent it to me in a video. The video was like a couple minutes long. It wasn't real lengthy. So I seen what I seen and I did not think much of it, right? Then my little cousin, he called me. We chopped it up. And then he sent me a longer video, right? And it was like eight minutes long. <laughs> and it was a very different video that I seen from my brother-in-law, right? So I want to say shout out to my brother-in-law again, right? Shout out to my little cousin. Uh, I want you guys to reach out to my little cousin. He got a podcast. He's on Spotify. And the name of his podcast is Unpopular Truth versus Popular Opinion, right? And uh, <laughs> go over there and tell them Big VJ sent you. Tell them Kenfolk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Drop a comment over there and say, yeah, your big cousin, you know, we just showing you some love, families type shit. You know what I'm saying? Kenfolk shit. Tribe, tribe, tribe shit, right? We chopped it up. He sent me the whole joint. Now, I will say this, right, because I felt a couple of different ways about the video that I seen. I was proud at first. I'm proud now. I'm glad to see that our people love each other enough to stick up for one another, right? Um, to put it all out there on the line. I was glad to see that because... We don't like to see our people get bullied because our nature is freedom, justice, and equality. We don't bother nobody. We hang off to ourselves. We just, we're more of a peaceable people. We get caught up in emotionalism as men and do things opposite of our nature. But if we are left alone, we fall right into the original form of our nature. I was just glad, beloved, to see again our people stand tall for one another, right? Um... Details, details, play by play, is coming out more and more 
you know, this story is steady developing. So we're going to know what we know in part. We're going to know in full later about everything that happened. But what we've seen is those devils jump on a security guard. He was by himself, man, you know. And then our people came and gave him aid, right? So we was happy to see that. That's the side of the coin I'm going to call heads, right? But because I'm your brother and I love you, I have to give you the other side of the coin. And we call that tails, right? <laughs> um, we are taught that of all of our studies, history is best qualified to reward our research, right? That is a way of saying that there are people in our village that's born with a gift of prophecy. They can tell you what the future is going to be because they just, but then there's other people in our village that dedicate themselves to study. And because they study history diligently, they can tell you what the future is going to be because it's just a, it's a recycling. Everything is, you know what I mean? So the, the person that studies history can almost tell you the future like the person that got the gift of prophecy. They can just both do it the same way. So of all of our studies, history is best qualified to reward our research, right? I've seen the video. I went back and I looked at Inside Edition and I see that the video got like over a half a million people that viewed it, right? And then other channels on um, on YouTube, well over a million. You even got the boule. There's a piece that uh, Roland Martin, he came out and he even talked about this video, this fight, this brawl as well. The major media coverage is behind it because it has a racialized component. You see the devil being outpowered clearly by the original man, right? We see that clear. It's can't get around it. It is what it is. We know, though, beloved, that experience triggers a reaction, right? We're talking about the tail side of the coin. So I, I want to do it on this manner, right? Because when I come before you guys, the only thing your brother VJ do, the only thing that your uncle VJ do is I tell you things that I got from our ancestors our elders that come from our village, our tribe, our camp. That's all I tell you. I'm not one of these guys. I ain't going to get a kick out of getting the small hit. You know, I get the book from the small hat and I can break down the small hat book and I can tell you chapter and verse. No, no, no. They're not my people. I don't talk to you from a perspective of a foreigner. I ain't going to get no saying nigga book. And break it down chapter and verse, and I ain't interested in doing that neither. I tell my people things that their people said about themselves and about foreigners and about their enemy, their open enemy. There's a brother that was amongst us. His name is Abdul Allah Muhammad, right? Peace be upon him. He's no longer here. He is more affectionately known as Brother Minister John Shabazz, right? 
Um, I'm not sure if our brother Muhammad is from the first resurrection, right? That are those that walked around with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, peace be upon him. And then we know that the nation fell after three years, the nation rose again, right? And then that beloved is called the second generation, uh, pardon me, the second resurrection. Now I'm thinking to myself, he was in both because he was like in the nation for like 60 years, right? There's a lecture that our brother Abdul Allah Muhammad gave, right? And I just want to say this, right, as a side note. Beloved, I truly feel in my hearts of hearts that our people will be much further than what we are if we had our own book that had the words of our ancestors, our elders in it, and we studied on that book and we meditated on that every day. The things that they said, their lectures, their quotes, and we studied on what our own people said. Instead of running behind foreigners, we'd be much further as a people than we are today. I believe that. But, beloved, maybe that's a different story for a different day. Our brother Muhammad, though, peace be upon him, he said that there was a scenario he was taught and he taught it to us. The scenario that he taught us is that he said there was um, there was some drivers. There were vehicle operators. There's an original man and the devil. They ride in the car. And one cut somebody off and this one cut that one. Something happened in traffic. But then there was some road rage. So the original man, the brother, he began to cuss the devil out. Call him everything except the child of God. Because the backdrop is our brother Muhammad is teaching our people how to act in public. Right? And then not only that, we can't escape the fact that our people is in our enemy's hand. See, it's not the other way around. We, beloved, it is in our enemy's hand. We're in the devil's hand. And we know what follows the devil is technology because he operates off this. But he is a man of captivity, corruption, and disproportion. So we're going back to the scenario, right? Roll rage. The brother cuts out the devil. It's a green light. They continue to move on, right? Well, the brother go his way. The devil goes to his job. He gets out of his car. He goes into his job. He goes into his office. He puts on his robe as a judge. And then he come out and he's a judge. Of, of course, he's a judge of people. He cannot get back the brother that cussed him out in that street. That called him everything but a child of God publicly. But what he can do is he can shit on every original man that come before him that day as much as he possibly could, if not the rest of the week, the rest of the month, the rest of the year. Now, that's the first scenario our brother Muhammad gave us. The second scenario he gave us is that in public now, because we talk about handling the devil in public. He talked about a she-devil. It was a cave woman, a pink toe. She, her vehicle had a flat tire. Nobody was snobbing helping. So an original man, he stopped, he pulled over like, yo, you got the spare tire in the back? She's like, yeah, he just took the 15 minutes or 20 minutes out of his day. He swapped the tire real fast, and then he went on by this merry way. That she-devil, she went, she seen her dad later, and she's like, you know, dad, a nigga pulled over, or a colored boy pulled over, he did the darnest thing. 
He nobody stopped and looked out. He changed my tire. The dad was like, "Really? Yeah, it's interesting." So now the dad he goes to work. He's a judge, and now every black man that come before him, where he could have been a little hard on the law, he took it easy on him because, see, experience trigger it, it. Your experience triggers your reaction. So he just kind of like took it light on everybody that came before him. Now, do you think, beloved, because our brother Muhammad is in the nation, do you think he was he was teaching us this so we go out and be lackeys for crackers and, and be water boys for these folk? He wasn't doing that. You think he was teaching us that so we wouldn't be able to stand up for ourselves in the presence of our enemy? He wasn't doing that. What he was simply saying is that your enemy is connected to your brother. Your enemy is connected to your sister. So how you handle them in front of him, you don't know how he can take. He can't take that out on you. But don't put your people in a position where he would take that shit out on somebody else. Beloved, we just seen that in the last 10 years with our brother. Peace be upon him. He's no longer here. He was a baby. His name was Trayvon Martin. In my estimate, it looked like Trayvon Martin, he got he got the bullet that the other jits should have got from kicking in them folk doors and robbing them. They couldn't catch the ones that did it, but they was on a heightened sense of security and they end up taking it out on the brother that they shouldn't have took it out on. Now the guy that was really kicking in the doors in them neighborhoods and they didn't catch them because that's how them folks operate. They can't get their hand on those brothers in Montgomery. Beloved, they did what they supposed to did. We not saying they did something in error. I'm saying that sister, that video, that she shouldn't have made that public. That shouldn't have went viral. It shouldn't have went public. If she wanted to record it, she could. Her life, her business, her own thing. You know, that's her business. But we got to learn how to operate on code. So if you want to share that at the barbershop, cool. The hair salon, cool. If we had a private form, like something real private, and we can share this kind of shit with each other, cool. You know what I mean? Because in my estimate, I don't think our people should be sharing no fight videos. without When we fighting our own or when we fight the enemy, we shouldn't be sharing none of this shit. But if you just want to send a message back and forth, you got a message chain, you got a private group, yeah, that's cool. For it to make a public forum that we know our open enemy that is in law, that's police officers, right? Because when I seen the video, beloved, the first thing, the way my mind worked, I'm like, when I seen it, and this is in the heart of the South, and I'm thinking to myself, damn, this happened Saturday. I said, by next week, 15 niggas that going to go to jail that shouldn't have went to jail just because this is how they play get back. Because those people are people that are disproportionate and corruption. You know, they're, they're the enemy. So I'm like, they can't catch them boys that did that in Montgomery. But what they are going to do. They're going to try to figure out a way how to put a, a hate crime on somebody's. It's going to happen. They're not talking about it now. Give it, give it a couple of more weeks and you're going to hear some developments. All of a sudden, they're going to try to figure out a way to make this a hate crime something. from, And they're going to try to pin it on as many of our people as they can. Um, But I think about the police department in general. You know, the mix run that. Our people don't run that. Law enforcement. That's the mix. That's the that's the Irish, right? The fire department is the Guineas. The Italians run that. But we know that the small hats, they run the judicial system. 
police officers from St. Louis to Little Rock to L.A. to New York City to Detroit back down to Miami to Houston. Man, they seeing this shit. Don't you know the other side of the coin, something going to come of this? Now, I know our people right now, they got their spike in the ball. Because we're jovial people. We was happy to see that. And, you know, we're, we're jovial people. So, you know, we I, I seen a brother. He got a video. He waking up. He got the damn chair on the side. <laughs> you know, people, this is what we do. They got the chair on the side and everything. And, okay, brother, I got you. So we call that. He's, they spiking the ball. Right? He's spiking the ball. It's some excitement. They're doing the end zone dance. But, beloved, you know, when you spike that ball now, Right? Because I'm using a, a football analogy. Once you spike the ball, you get in the end zone, you spike that ball. Now you got to kick off that ball to the to the opposing team, and then they're going to work some offense. And, beloved, of all of our studies, history is best qualified to reward our research. We know a reaction is going to come out of this. We know that some funny laws is going to come out of this. We know that at a common level, crackers going to do funny shit like not give you the promotion. They working in human resources. They going to play a lot of our people off on some jobs. You know, some of our people off on some contracts because the whole world is seeing the enemy. He's embarrassed. Should he been embarrassed? Yeah, he should have got that ass whooped. But we got to be on cold to the point that we can't put this on a major media form. We whooped his ass like we supposed to did. But in the public, we play it different, right? Because our elders taught us that. We learned that. That's Dr. King, peace be upon him. That's Dr. Martin Luther King playback uh, playbook, pardon me, one-on-one. He talked in the public forum. You hear our brother, our brother walked around talking about nonviolence and nonviolence, and he went to speeches and he went to marches. You can hit Martin in the head in front of the public. You know what I mean? You can hit him in the head with a rock. When he was traveling... Cause he was making his move throughout the deep south. You know, the brother that was with our brother now, they were strapped. They was armed now. You know that, right? <laughs> you know, in public, he was one way. You think when he was traveling, you think they, they got stories about how, man, they, they, <laughs> brother, this was, let me just say this. There's some stories behind our brother, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. When he was off that. Not when he wasn't in that public forum when he was in private and he's traveling through Alabama, Mississippi, and all that. You they was armed, beloved. They were strapped, they were running, they were running crackers off the road with them pistols, brother. Don't think they was, but they did that in private. They played this in public, but they did this in so we're taught that once you give your open enemy a pass, that's why, beloved, we let our own people get away with anything. See, once you get into the understanding that you're going to forgive this devil in public, because you're going you're gonna to give him that ass whooping. You're not going to just publicize it. You're not going. That's what I mean when I say public. You're not just going to broadcast. Hey, look, we whooped on this. No, no, no. We just going to gonna do what we're supposed to do. We're going to keep that quiet. But we're going to give a whole pardon and forgiveness to our own people. We're not going to. We're going to leave them alone, period. Because once you start playing the forgiveness game. You got to give your own people the double portion of that forgiveness outside of your open enemy. Everything that happened at that dock should have happened. Should have went viral. It shouldn't have went viral. That that's all your your brother is saying, right? Let's talk about um. Let's talk about some history. 
maybe I can paint the picture a little clearer of where I'm trying to go, right? Because I'm a man of a certain age and I live to see it. Um, there's some racialized events that happen, right? And um, I was there when they read the OJ verdict, right? The devil had his media, he had his media crew, and they was in our village filming people. And then he also had his cameras in the devil's neighborhood, and they was filming people as well, right? When OJ was found not guilty, our people celebrated, and their people mourned. So they went through that experience of being saddened, and they felt like something was unjust. So again, experience triggers reaction. So they went behind the closed doors, and they came out, and they passed a whole lot of laws. Because that's what they run. See, the mix run the police department and the and the small hat runner, that's this whole judicial system. So now that's how they get our people back through employment and law. The mix run the police. I seen that video, I thought to myself, while I'm seeing our people celebrate, I'm like, shit, they're gonna send 15, 20 niggas to jail by this weekend just because of that. It's finna get hard, it's finna get tight, it's finna get real tricky in Alabama. Because Believe me when I tell you, they behind closed doors saying, we got to get these niggas back in line. These niggas feel so comfortable jumping off the boat and doing, we got to put these niggas back in their place. They're figuring out how to, they love it, love it. Listen to me now. Because, you know, the best thing about this podcast shit is this. This is going to air quickly on Spotify, but most of my videos that come on Spotify, that shit come on like two weeks later on YouTube. So it's going to be enough time to see between now and then, you know. So this is the deal. I can't wait to watch out to see people's face when this shit develop in the next 30 days. They're going to figure out some kind of law. And the law I'm thinking they're going to pull, I'm saying they're going to figure out how to put some hate crime shit on our people. The ones that came off that boat. They're going to say they wasn't involved. They just did. They should have did this. And they're going to um, you're going to see small developments like, oh. The FBI, all of a sudden, you're going to watch. I've seen this shit before. It's a rerun. They're going to try to uh, sneak in the FBI to the situation. And then they're going to uh, go around and ask the people, yo, can I? who got a video for this? Who got a video for that? Who got a, you understand what I'm saying? And then they're going to twist it. They're going to, they're going to shift everything to our people that came off that boat. But they're going to try to get as many people to turn in their camera phones as they can so they can use this face recognition thing to put our people in jail. But they're going to do it underneath the aid of we're going to try to arrest these devils that did that to the security guard. They're not they're not worried about that because the way that they're going to shift the law is, well, there was some crackers on that boat, too. Now, if some crackers jumped off the boat and they fought, too, what would they were with it? They're going to play it to I see it coming. Now, we're going to see, beloved, if I'm wrong, because I'm putting a prediction on now. But I'm saying, see, our people are so busy spiking the ball, they don't even know how the enemy work. We know how the enemy work. Because we talk about our open enemy often. We ain't talking about no devil in the sky. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We ain't talking about no war that's coming now. You know, you talk to our people, they tell you war is in heaven. They talking about, they, they think somebody going to with some wings up in the sky, they're going to have swords, and they're going to be having a real war in heaven. And they don't even know that, man, they talking about your mind. The sky is your mind. I know how this finna play out. We know. We ain't, ain't nothing spooky about this over here. We know this is all wise, right, and exact. We know how this finna play out. Do you know how this finna play out? 
Because, beloved, we we know. Um, there was a case that happened maybe over a couple of decades now. It was a brother named um, Rodney King, right? He got pulled over in a traffic stop. He was brutally beaten by some devils, some mix, in, uh, I want to say, Los Angeles, California, right? They played the video back. The devil, like we said earlier, he put your he put our people in the room. He filmed us. He put the devil in the room, filmed them. And because of the racial component, all the devils that watch the video are Rodney King getting his ass whooped. All they can say is, look, look, he's still trying to get up. He's still trying to get up. And then our people is seeing, because we're people of freedom, justice, and equality, we're seeing the brutality that's happening. And we're like, yo, why they keep beating this brother? He's because that's what it is. All right. Not guilty. There's a riot. Some people took some losses because there was a devil that got pulled out of an 18-wheeler and our people wanted to get even. They felt as though something was taken from them, so they wanted to get even. So they called a guy, I think his name was Reginald something. I can't remember, but they called the devil. Like he was an 18-wheeler. They pulled him out and they put a good ass whooping on him in front of the media. And then what do you see? A whole host of laws that came up behind that. And then you start to see the employment numbers amongst black folks in LA drop. This is the game that they play. This is how they, this is the reaction that you're going to see. Cause we telling you, this is, this is premeditated. This is going to come from your enemy, your enemy, the law and employment. That's the game that they play as a reaction for something that's racialized. I'll give you another example. Because I can do all these examples forever because you know why? Of all of our studies, history is best qualified to reward our research. The 1960s Olympics. The logo that I use to represent my platform is a black fist. Right? This is the representation of black power. You know what I mean? From the 60s. There was a brother named Tommy Smith and John Carlos. They was Olympic winners. And when they got up there to receive their medals, they put up the black fist, beloved. Is that not right? Do we know our history? They put up the black fist. Our people was proud that Olympians, that athletes stood up for the grassroots cause. Right? Okay. In the very same breath, our people was mad at another Olympian. A gold medal winner. His name was George Foreman. He was a fighter. He was a boxer. And he won as well. Tommy Smith, John Carlos put up the black fist. George Foreman put up the American flag. And our people at the grassroots felt like George turned their back on our people. Right? From that point on, do you know, beloved, that Tommy Smith and John Carlos, who put up the black fist, they never was able to get a job? Nowhere. They apply, they apply, they apply. It was denied. How do you think? What do you think happened? You think that they just wasn't skilled enough to get no work? You think they... <laughs> uh-uh. Experience triggers a reaction. This is what they did publicly. And then their open enemy do what they do best. They went behind closed doors, beloved. And they made a pact to not employ these two black men. 
They couldn't find no work nowhere. So that is a reaction that's going to come in this situation. You will see, and we're going to leave it right there because we're going to sit back and watch everything play out. All right? We're just going to leave it here. You know what I mean? We're proud of our people for standing up for each other. We got to be on cold, beloved. We have to be on cold. You can't put every single thing on Front Street, right? In law, there is a term. I want you to research it if you think your brother VJ is bullshitting you. It is called a Bronx jury. Do you know what a Bronx jury is? A Bronx jury means that in any legal case that has anything to do with anything racialized, you never put an overwhelming number of quote-unquote minorities in the jury. You don't do it. You know why? Because black and brown people, they will never find their own people guilty of anything, especially if it's racialized. The court system figured it out. The court system would never put six black folks, <laughs> three Mexicans, three Puerto Ricans. In the, you know why? Because they all get together and say, oh, the devil is guilty. <laughs> They're not going to take the devil's side. They're not going to do it. If you sitting on trial and you're a black man, and you look on the side of the jury pool is full of Puerto Ricans. You know, I'm going to get off because <laughs> they're your brother. They're not going to see you. They're not going to see you as a kid. They say, no, it's, if it's racialized, no, they're going to let you off. So they call that in law a Bronx jury, meaning you cannot let. All right. So I say all that to say this. I don't care what kind of trial you have. They are systematically picking people. They quote unquote going to pick people from their own community and all this. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. It's systematic. This is how they do their reactions. Their experience triggers their reactions. And their reaction as punishment to our people is all, it always, beloved, come in two forms. Employment and law. And I'm going to leave it there and we're going to sit back and see how this whole thing play out. But remember what your brother told you, and we're going to leave it there. How about that, right? Peace and black power to your family. Man, I love you, beloved. I got to tell you the other side of the coin. I want to I wanna get on here and spike the ball with you, beloved. I want to just get on here. I want to do that with you. But when you love your people, you also have to be a warner to the people saying, all right, this is what's coming now. We did nothing wrong as a people. We stood up for our own folks. We should have did it. I ain't talking about that shit that, that Wayne and his brother were talking about. We ain't talking about none of that. I'm talking about we standing up for our people. We should have done it. A sister got it on, on camera. That's the camera they're going to use to put many of our people in prison. Because somebody going to jail, they're going to figure out how to put a hate crime on your neck, on your back, on your jacket, on your legs, on your ankles. It's coming. But I'm just saying all that to say this. We can't put everything on social media, brothers and sisters. We cannot. We're going to have to start whooping more ass privately. We got to get these private ass whoopings. When you finna throw them fists, put the goddamn phones down, throw them hands and get out, the, get out of the way. Put the fucking phones down. 
Don't be used as a vehicle to put your own people in jail. That's just not what we're trying to do. Until next time, this is Big VJ, Real Black Content for Fun Podcast. Beloved, I'm going to get it with you guys later. Peace. Be very careful how you treat everybody. And the example that he gave was, suppose you're driving down the street and here's some old cracker just messing up and you rolling down the window and cussing him and blowing your horn and and he goes to his job goes back takes off his jacket puts on his black robe (laughs) and goes sit up on the bench it don't have to be you some other black person just ran a stoplight and they come walking into the courtroom judges are people that's why you hear a judge here in two different cases on two different days that are just alike and deal with them two different ways depending on how he feel whether his breakfast was good whether his coffee was hot enough understand now here a nigga just and call him everything but a child of God and he got that on his mind and he walk in the courtroom and first thing and here come a nigga give him everything you can give him understand then on the other hand you drive down the street. It's the same example he's giving. You drive down the street. And you're not in no particular hurry. But you see a white woman over there with a flat tire. Nobody around to help her. You pull your car over to the side, brother. And you get out. Listen, you got a problem. May I help you? You got a spare? Yes, I have. Okay. And you change the tire. And you go on about your business. And she go home. And her daddy, the judge, is there. And she said, Daddy, I met the nicest nigga today. <laughs> oh, yeah, she, you know, she might say it like that. But she said, I was out there stranded, and nobody else said, all, all our folks were just passing by me soon. Say, and this colored boy pulled over and changed my tie for me. Now, when he go in the courtroom and a black man come up before him, his mind is different. Not because he loves you, but because of some other experience that triggers his reaction to a black person. See what we talking about? Yes, sir. He talking about loving white folks. <laughs> talking about loving black folks and trying to make this world that we got to go through easier to get through. Yes, sir. Consider that. Now, you may never see him again, but consider your brother and your sister who may have, you don't know what connection this particular devil has with some other black person. You may, be, you may be able to make life hard or easy for other black people, and you don't even know it because you don't know what the hell you're doing. All you see is a devil. That dirty old Caucasian, stinking, stale face, weak bone Caucasian. <laughs> and you say that in your mind as you smile and say, how are you, sir? <laughs>